Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin Nacy, Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune. Ryan Finley, sports editor of the Union Tribune. Ryan, Padres Nationals. Uh, got a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. I think there's a lot going on with this team. Where do you want to start? It, it's a big week. To me, that's the crazy part. It seems silly to say that about a road trip in May. Mm-hmm. And it seems even sillier to say that about a road trip in which you're starting with three against the Washington Nationals. This is a big friggin' week for these guys. The uh, Padres, you know, continue to struggle, lose two or three of the Red Sox, make up for it a little bit with a 7 nothing win on Sunday. Um, but it's time for them to get started. And there may be no better team in baseball to, to get right against than the Washington Nationals. Of course, we've said that about the Royals and the Twins and all sorts of other teams, too. Uh, Kevin, you've been around this team. You had a great story in today's paper about sort of what's wrong with them and what needs to be fixed. How big is the next three days for them? I think there's a lot of rich stuff in what you said. Uh, for one thing, we've been saying uh, for a while, like, oh, this is a team they should. Okay, whatever. Uh, and the Nationals are, are almost the definition of middling, and that's the best you can say about them. Uh, the fact is their offensive numbers across the board are better than the Padres. Uh, so, uh, But the pitching is is where you can uh, get them. Uh, again, middling numbers. Uh, we are waiting for the Padres to attack middling pitching, be like car- carnivorous uh, on, on middling pitching, which is what they should do. I agree. It's a big. It's a big week. The the Marlins, who are on the tail end of this, uh, you play them next Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in Miami. Uh, actually, have a winning record, and I can't really figure them out. They've got uh, some good pitching. They've got a few good hitters. It's it's kind of like I don't know. Uh, they're I'm, I'm surprised. Uh, other than that, Skip Schumacher, one of the great uh, baseball guys and one of the good people, is their new manager. Um, I just keep watching them and let be like, well, when are they going to sink? And maybe it's too early. But uh, you know. That, that's no easy place. I, and uh, been a lot of uh, bad series there uh, recently. Uh, there have been a lot of good series here recently. Also some weird stuff that's happened the last two times we've been here. A, uh, a shooting outside the ballpark in 2021 where uh, my lasting image is Fernando Tatis Jr. running out to save Jerks and Profar's kid. Or at the time, like you thought maybe he was – we didn't know if the shooter was inside the ballpark. Mm-hmm. And everyone's running for cover and Fernando Tatis Jr. comes booking out of the dugout and goes gets Profar's kid. It was wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, last year before the first game of the series here, Fernando Tatis Jr.'s suspension came down. Uh, but this is not a good team. Tonight, Mackenzie Gore, you Darvish. Woo! Awesome. Yeah, before I get into that, Ryan, I've been talking a long time. Uh, where 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 else would you like to go? You will, I think that you you have or you wrote something and have said something to me uh, that I think really bears repeating here. We approach the the fact that the Padres should beat teams like the Nationals because the Padres are to us a good team. Right. At least they've started the season as a good team. You have written now that when you lose to enough bad teams, you become a bad team. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, is the idea that this team's going to get, you know, kickstarted and win 10 of 12 or 12 of 15 or whatever? I mean, is that in their DNA? Is that still something we can count on here? Or from what you've seen the last couple of weeks, is this a is this a bad team rather than a good team playing poorly? I count on nothing. Right. However, I say this rhetorically. Have you seen the players on the Padres team? They are, they have the potential. They should be a good team. That's that's universal, basically, except for the a lot of the emails I get, which are telling me they're a bad team. And that's fine. You may be the, those emailers and 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 uh, anyone that's saying that could be could end up, you know, whatever. You're prophetic or what you know, could it could bear out that way. People inside of baseball believe the Padres are going to uh, be better uh, than, than they are. As a matter of, be a playoff team. Uh, 
I, I count on nothing. But yes, absolutely, there will come a point where if this is the record, then you are a bad team or you are a middling team. This is not the point of the season where your record says what you are. But but as I pointed out in my story today, you know the other teams that started that, that were you were going, what's going on with the Cardinals, <clears throat> the Astros, the Yankees, the Mets? Guess what? They're they all figured it out. Yeah. The yeah. Cardinals still have a worse record than the Padres, maybe by a game or two, but they were way down there. Mm-hmm. But above 500 by a lot now. Uh, the Yankees, the Mets and Astros are also above 500. So it is the time of the year where the pretenders and the contenders, you know, that were that were opposite of what you thought, they start to even out. If you're listening later, I'm doing this with my hands, you know, one up, one down. You start to even out. And so that that's the point that we're at right now. Absolutely. Kevin, you know, we talk about this team maybe not gelling as much as, I don't know, there, there have been some some things said that indicate that maybe this team has not gelled. Uh, entirely yet. To me, in retrospect, it seems so silly. Well, of course they haven't gelled yet. The, you know, you bring in all these new stars every year and then throughout the year. Is there something to the idea that they're still kind of getting to know each other a little bit here? I mean, between sure. the World Baseball Classic, and, you know, I mean, this group hasn't been together as a group a whole lot. I've been thinking about that a lot lately and wondering if I should have thought about it before. I know that I did. I just thought that they would out talent. You know, I thought that 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 would make up for it uh, sure. as as these things happen. Um, and and look, we've seen before the 25 cabs uh, for, for uh, 25 guys on a team. And, and that's a euphemism for guys that don't like each other. Those teams have had success before. But increasingly, baseball likes to value uh, chemistry and and. Now, that's also hard to quantify, and guess what? Every team that stands there with the confetti coming down talks about their great chemistry. And that may be true or may not be true or may be relatively true. You know, just like everyone that, you know, not everyone, but a lot of teams were underdogs. No, you weren't, for goodness sake. <laughs> um, but but So it's really hard to quantify, but the Padres have identified that as something, right? Like not, not why they're, they're losing, but but like, yeah, that needs to be built. And it wasn't just recently. It was in the last couple of weeks, actually, they started to talk about it, that, hey, we need to like do some things to to, you know, uh, enhance this aspect of getting to know each other, of, of gelling uh, and, and this unquantifiable thing that, you know, they believe in, and a lot of teams believe can lead to victories. Um, Joe Musgrove said something last week. Mm-hmm. Basically, hey, we need to get out of this clubhouse. We need to get away from this stadium and just get to know each other a little yep. bit. I mean, it sounded like he was playing in a pool party or something. But, and, you know, this is it, – it's funny to me that we're saying that in May when maybe March would have been a good time to all get together. But maybe they didn't think chemistry would be an issue in March or in early April. Well, and, and you know, there's – look, at like it, it, there's been a 50% turnover, depending on the uh, the, ro- the composition of the roster. But sure. there's been a 50% turnover and some key guys – since last August, all right? Um, last year could have gone another direction. It's, you know, it really could have. They, they righted the ship at the right time, and that often is what happens for a team that goes deep into October, as the Padres did. Um, but a 50% turnover. Now, that means that 50% of the guys were here, too. So, yes, and then also you had the World Baseball Classic, where guys were in and out. Guys were gone for a week, 10 days. Um, so you had that. Uh, you had that. They... Had some off days on the road, but 
I think there was one early where they got in at a decent time. And mm-hmm. after that, it was like getting in at two, three, four in the morning to, to cities. Um, Mexico City, you would think, nope, Mexico City got in late. You left late. It was logistically a nightmare. Mexico City was. Um, so, you know, a lot of time on buses. But look, none of this is going to be the quick fix. But I think that kind of all of it together uh, mm-hmm. can be. Uh, I think it's a much bigger deal that Juan Soto has just started hitting and still situationally hitting. Not great. Uh, Xander Bogarts has gotten ice cold. Uh, Manny Machado's hurt was ice cold. Tatis is, I don't want to say ice cold, but, you know, off and on. Uh, I don't have any complaints about Fernando Tatis Jr., but, you know, he's not, like, carrying the team. Right. Uh, and I, I think that, that that needs to happen. It was a disappointing – not disappointing. It was something that needed to be pointed out about Sunday. The top of the order still had like one hit, I think. Right. Uh, the uh, you know the, the Rugnet Odor and Matt uh, Carpenter carried them on Sunday. Hey man, you, you were the one who said last week Rugnet Odor. You think has a place on this team? He's a guy who gives you a professional at bat. I think that he went and he's proven again. We're looking at his numbers here. It's silly to say he's proven to be a valuable piece when he's still hitting 175. He was over 19 or something at the start or over right. 12 or something. So, right. But he is somebody now who actually, when he comes up, he's one of those guys where I stop what I'm doing to see. And the, the outcome isn't always great, but he has a plan. He's not, he's not striking out four times yes. in a game. And if he's hitting in the bottom third of that lineup and has a plan that he's executing, that makes him an exception. I mean, he's been, he has been a glimmer of hope in a part of the order that just has not been any good. And I think that that's what we should talk about next. Go ahead, Kevin. Sorry. No, people that are complaining about Rugnet Odor, I'm not saying they're wrong, right. but making it the issue or one of the top <laughs> 10 issues with the Padres is not, is just, just not reality. Right. Um, unless one of those issues is your lack of depth, then okay, that's a, that's an issue. Sure. But you know, Let's talk about the order, Ryan. Where, where would you like to start? Because, man, do I got a stat that I believe. It's one of those that's like, well, oh, okay, yeah, okay, I figured that. And then if you really think about it, you go, what? My Blow my mind. mind. Blow my mind. Let's go. What is it? So the Padres at six spots, six of the nine spots in the batting order okay. are ranked in the bottom eight in OPS. Wait, what? Six of the nine spots, they're ranked at – in the bottom eight in OPS, as in their number one hitter is ranked ninth in OPS. Now, that is everybody that's batted right. number one right. for the Padres. Right. Their OPS is the ninth best in the major. Okay. okay? Right. Go down the line. They have at six spots, they are ranked 23rd or worse. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Of course. I got it. Do you know how many other teams have that many spots ranked in the bottom eight? Probably nobody, Kevin. Zero. Not the Oakland A's don't have six. Yeah. Okay. We could, yeah. So and you you talk about the bottom three. You talk about the top three. And here's the perplexing part. Your number two hitter, 23rd in OPS. Your number three hitter, 23rd in OPS. And yes, all three at the bottom are ranked in the top or in, in the bottom eight. Uh, your number seven hitter is 25th in OPS. Your number eight hitter is 23rd in OPS. Your number nine is 28th in OPS. As in. 20 among the uh, number nine spots in the order, all 30 teams, the Padres are 28th. Yes, the bottom of the order has been abysmal, but you know what? So if the Twins and they're in first place, Houston's got a winning record, Yankees got a winning record, those teams all have number uh, nine hitters uh, ranked in, in the bottom. So 
Mm-hmm. You mentioned the Oakland A's. I mean, you know who's crushing it for the Oakland A's, shockingly, is Brent Rooker. Do you know this? Do you know who Brent Rooker is? Yes. Who? Brent Rooker is um, who the Padres get for Corey, Corey Kluber? Oh, Ryan Ludwig. Uh, Brent Rooker, good for you, man. It's freaking awesome that you're doing something. The A's trade Brent Rooker to somebody. He's now in a real lineup. The expectations are higher, and Brent Rooker isn't. Right. doing what he's doing. That's right. who Brent Rooker is. Right, right. And then we can talk a little, well, yes, yes. Uh, I mean, Just, the Oakland A's have a couple former Padres who would be very valuable pieces on this iteration of the Padres if they could crack the starting lineup yeah. on this iteration of the Padres, and maybe they, they wouldn't. So it's... I, you just blew off that no other teams. Ryan, <laughs> $246 million, $76 million to the top three in the lineup on, a, on any given sure. day. Or I shouldn't say that because Tatisa, but to the to Bogart, Soto, Machado, 246 million payroll and six of the nine spots, bottom eight in the majors. Mind-blowing. Well, and how about this? Some context. No other team. Half the teams in baseball aren't really trying either. <laughs> like that, to me, that's the crazy yeah. part, right? There you I mean, go. How many teams yeah. are either tanking or not spending we're going with the youth movement. Looking at you, Washington Nationals. You so know? The A's are like the, the kid in school who like could be better, but like, you know, is too cool for that. And so they're getting Fs because like they're not going to class. But we all know like they could be getting good grades. Right, right. And the Padres are that poor kid that's trying really hard and just getting Ds. They're, they're, they've got their hands up answering every question and they're just – God love them, not answering them right. Corner right. of the Coliseum, and the Padres are trying their hardest and studying all night, and their mom bought them tutors, and and they're getting D's. Well, but the, and this is something that that you've mentioned in in your fantastic Padres Daily newsletter. And if to our listeners, if you don't subscribe, subscribe. It's free. Yeah, it's free and it's great. Um, you talk about the Padres being eager here, and about the Padres being really wanting to do well. You point this out in your newsletter too. This is not a team that is blowing it off. This is not a team that thinks it was going to roll out of bed and win 100 games. Uh, With the big contracts, Joe Musgrove's take about having a big contract and the pressure that that puts on you, I thought was very interesting and kind of counterintuitive to the way I and many people probably think. Speak to that a little bit. You know, it's funny. Yeah, Joe is obviously one of the more outspoken and he's candid and, and that's wonderful. Uh, Jake Cronenworth has talked about it. Manny Machado, even though he he would say he hasn't talked about it, he said something interesting the other day about having to talk, having to answer about failure all the time, uh, which, by the way, Manny, you don't. So, uh, but But players in general. And he was sure. speaking about that to be clear. Uh, it, it, it wears you down, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, and 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 um, you know the expectations uh, are a lot. Mm-hmm. And that look, that's just it. I mean, this is the, we were told this. Have you been to a movie, a blockbuster, and you were told how awesome it was? So you went in expecting this to be the best movie you ever saw. And you came out saying, this is the worst freaking movie I've ever seen. It probably wasn't, but your expectations were that it was going to blow your mind. The Padres are like a, they're not Ishtar, the original Ishtar, that were like the worst movie ever made, right? But they're like, I don't know, Arthur 2, okay? Like it's, it's, they're just terribly disappointing, terribly yeah. disappointing. 
Yeah. For me, by the way, yeah. No, I agree. I you ever had a hundred dollar stake, Kevin? Um, hopefully not on the company dime, but you ever been somewhere and you go, this oh, yeah. be, same this, thing. This better be the best stake I've ever had. Same thing. Right. And not because the place has a good reputation, not necessarily because everybody's told you this is the world's greatest stake, but you sit there and you go for a hundred bucks, this better be the best stake I've ever had. Is that what we're saying here for $240 million? This better be the best Padre team I've ever seen. And yes. the fact is they're kind of just okay. Yes. And how angry would you be if that steak was uh, overcooked and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, right. had maggots in it? Sorry. Right. But yes. <laughs> right. I mean, to me, that's the are that bad, but they're slightly overcooked right now. Well, and this is the thing with expectations, right? It, if this were six years ago and their payroll was a third of what it is now, you'd sit there and be like, well, they're battling. But expectations say this in the roster says and their resumes say this should be one of the best five, six teams in baseball. And right now they have six of their eight position players in the bottom eight. I'll put this in perspective uh, a couple ways. It gives perspective. The 2019 Padres who did have Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis uh, Jr. Uh, And let's see, he had just, Fernando had just gotten hurt. It was here. It was here as a matter of fact in Washington, Um, but uh, wow, a lot of stuff happens with Fernando here, Uh, but uh, they were, I believe 23 and 24 at this point in the season. So you look at it and you in the now and you go, oh my gosh, these Padres are worse than that. I will say this though. We knew that team wasn't 23 and 24. They weren't going anywhere. No. We knew on July 6th when they took three or four at Dodger Stadium that that still, this was not a playoff team. Sure. You can, this team now, you go, no, you have more hope now. It's in reality. I don't know what y'all were thinking uh, in, in, in 2019 at 23 and 24, but there was no hope. This team has more hope. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Because if this team, again, just plays to the stats in the back of its collective baseball card, this is a playoff team and a really good playoff team, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kevin, not to turn this into uh, the Pollyanna hour here, but there have been some guys who, who I think are playing well above what we would have guessed, well above their expectations. One of those is Michael Walker. The other one is Tom Cosgrove. Um, speak to both of those guys. Again, very different stories on each guy. First, first Cosgrove, you're right. Very different stories. He's uh, had one high leverage uh, at bat, uh, you know, I think two medium leverage and the rest are all very low leverage. But he also has come in and faced uh, Rafael Devers, uh, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts. Uh, well, he didn't face Betts, uh, but he's faced some really good left-handers um, and gotten him out. Right. He's allowed three hits in whatever it is, seven and two thirds innings over eight games. I think it is. And uh, two of those hits were one of them was off of him. One was a dribbler. So he's allowed like one, you know, line drive uh, base hit. Uh, and that, this is a guy at 26 years old, by the way, may have saved uh, Jacob Nix's life. This was uh, Tom Cosgrove accompanying Jacob Nix on the drunken night, uh, infamous drunken night. If you don't know about it, go read about it. Uh, he's a really nice kid uh, who seems completely unaffected by by all this uh, pressure. Uh, and it is pressure picking in the big, pitching in the big leagues. I don't want to even say like a low leverage situation in a game that your team's up 7-0 or whatever. There's there's pressure, and he's handled it really well. Michael Walker, super, super, super uh, important. Uh, one of the guys who they gave uh, – money to uh, obviously signed him in spring training. Uh, he certainly can make more if he continues to pitch like this based on he can opt out or the Padres can opt him in at 16 mil a year um, after this year. Uh, wow. 
there was some times and look, it could happen mm-hmm. where you're like, uh oh, mm-hmm. cause he's not blowing anybody away. Right. There isn't mm-hmm. that in the back of your mind, like, wow, he'll be fine. It's about location, location, location. And it's about a really good changeup, a pretty good curveball. Wow. Yeah. I, th- I love watching a pitch. I, I think that him going uh, seven shutout innings is one of the more magnificent things you can watch on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, I really do. Not that that's what he did Sunday. It was six shutout innings. But, he, you know, I just happen to like afternoon games. So that's how I said it. Um, I just think it's magnificent. That's not to say watching Jacob deGrom pitch isn't great. But, yeah, OK, of course, Jacob deGrom, when he's healthy, is, is going to dominate most times. Michael Walker, he's got to play some chess out there. I think uh, he's fantastic. Here's a sentence I never thought I'd I would say this year. Where would this team be without Michael Waka and Seth Lugo? Oh, and fourteen over the last uh, two weeks. That's where they'd be without Waka. Totally. <laughs> yeah. he wins, uh, yeah. and then they lose all their games, and then he wins again, and then they lose all their games, then he wins again. Yes, right. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, speaking of pitching, to me, Mackenzie Gore is the story today. Um, obviously, a young man who you've covered over the years. Um, massive expectations for him. Could not throw strikes rebounded last year and became a really nice piece. If you look at his numbers this season, good to very good. I mean, ERA, what, mid-threes for a national team that's not very good. Um, what are we expecting from Mackenzie Gore here? And is this uh, is this a reunion game of sorts? Or, or, again, with all that turnover, does it not matter? Well, I think it matters to him probably. I'll tell you this. Uh, I think it'll be emotional for him. He was devastated by this trade. Uh, you mentioned, I mean, all the work he did to finally become that guy, right? One of the best starts in Major League history by uh, by a rookie, eight or nine games in, uh, in terms of uh, minimum of 50 innings pitch, pitched and the lowest ERA. I mean, just just fantastic. And he had he had become close with uh, some of the other pitchers, become a part of that group that you know, speaking of bonds, that that starting pitching group last year bonded very quickly, and and he was devastated by 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 this trade by the trade. Uh, for those of you maybe new to the, watching the Padres, they got Juan Soto by sending Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, uh, Wood, James Wood. Yeah. Wood, thank you, uh, and uh, what like three other players uh, to, to to the Nationals. Uh, it was a man, it's a big deal. So the Padres' former number one prospect uh, going against you, uh, Darvish tonight. Right. Very interesting. Very interesting. Kevin, anybody on the Nationals jump out at you? Me. I mean, well, hold on. well, let's talk about Abrams. Okay. Yeah. CJ Abrams, another former Padre, another former Padres top prospect guy who actually didn't he break camp with the club last year. Yes, he did. They, yep. Yes. Uh, obviously, you know, he's a guy who still needs to develop physically and otherwise. Uh, what tools does he bring uh, to this team? And, and is this, if you have a youth movement, is this where somebody like CJ Abrams just kind of gets to learn on the job? Yes. He can bring all of them. I mean, he was up last year because the, there was the surprise Tatis uh, situation, the short spring training. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, he flashes he flashes uh, all of the tools uh, at, at times. Uh, but at one point, he was leading – he might still be, but I don't know. At one point, not too long ago, he was leading the majors in errors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's got power. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he's really – I mean, he has that potential. He is – getting this chance. I don't have any idea how many teams he'd be starting at shortstop on, but he's here for the nationals because they are the, the nationals. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, but he has, a, he has a chance. Look, this trade 
this, these guys that are here, if James Wood were here, you would say, man, this would be a monumental measuring stick game. Uh, and, and this is how we will measure this trade. Does Juan Soto help the Padres win a World Series? Okay. Then if all three of the guys they traded away go to the Hall of Fame, it was worth yes, it. Yes, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And does this game matter to Juan Soto? I mean, it's not his first time back. It's yeah, not his first time playing the Nationals, but is yeah, there? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't want to get inside a guy's head, but I, I don't really think so. I mean, Juan Soto just needs to uh, continue to play well to, to help his team and help himself. Uh, sure. But he and, and he did come back here after the trade last year, which I think was a huge deal to him. Look, I think a big part of what's happened with Juan Soto is it was very, very comfortable as, as a national. Very, very right. comfortable. Right, right. And going anywhere, much less. At a very young age. Very far, very far away to a city he probably had not spent much time in, in an organization that was brand new to him. Yeah. It's crazy. Okay, here's here's my my uh, you know we always try to hit you with something a little wacky at the end. Is this a team that will get up for its next series because of where it is, Yankee Stadium? I mean, it used to be that team uh, because right. and and it really didn't matter. Again, like I think everybody gets up for that. The Yankees are right. very used to being that team. The Padres right. are not used to being that team with the target right. on his back. Right. Uh, I, I would say this: like the Padres at this point have no excuse, and I, I'm not saying. Anything right. like I'm not implying that they would make this excuse, but like they have no excuse to not be up when they go to Marlins uh, Park, uh, whatever it's called now, Elon Hybrid Depot, something. Uh, they have no excuse, and there's nine thousand people, and it is a brutal place to play right. on, on a weekday. Um, you know, uh, I think on Wednesday there'll probably be like eleven thousand and five thousand of them will be screaming kids in the upper right field deck. Uh, field trip, it, yep, right, <laughs> yep. Uh, it, it, they have no excuse to not go there and treat it like Yankee Stadium. Sure, sure. It's a great point. This is a great place to uh, to jump off here. We're coming up. Padres Nationals three-game series, 4 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 10.05 or something like that over the next three days. Kevin, enjoy your East Coast road trip. We will yeah. check in uh, ahead of Friday's series against the New York Yankees at Yankee Stadium, which, again, when you talk Padres and Yankee Stadium, I think of two things. Tony Gwynn putting one off the facade. Mark Langston getting absolutely screwed on a strike call. But that's it's a conversation for, for another day. I grew up a Yankee fan. It's hard for me to get too fired up. It's new Yankee Stadium. It's just hard for me to get too fired up. That sentence, I grew up a Yankee fan, we will revisit next time we talk. That'll do it for this episode of the Hot Lava Podcast. For Kevin Acey, I'm Ryan Finley. We'll see you next time. Hey.